0: let me know if you guys need anything. No, no, never mind. If
1: you need anything, <laughs> what are you going to give them? Like Amazon Prime? It's
0: because I work, I work out a D, and I always say if you need anything, let me know. <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the interview with Chris Cafaro. Hello, you left hey. us on a lovely.
1: I did. Crazy. I wasn't planning to tell you that, but um, <laughs> I, it just came out. Um, I
0: didn't know if you were serious or not, and that yeah. was the hardest part of this cliffhanger.
1: <laughs> I was serious. So, and it's something I, uh, you know, I talk about on stage. So I'm not, um, I'm not precious about it. But yeah, a couple years ago, I had it a, a mass in the shaft of my penis, and uh, it was scary. It was like. Uh, you know so you go to the doctor and he's like well I, I don't think it's cancer and so immediately you're like well then that means it could be cancer so now I have cancer <laughs> that's um,
0: terrifying
1: and I kept calling it a tumor he's like you you, you can't call it that and I was like well why uh, and he was like well it's not technically a tumor and I was like just let, let me do it's my it's my penis thing let me call it a tumor for sympathy if I can like,
0: let me have it if you're yeah. going to make me nervous let me have it
1: um, but I I talk about on stage and i i always open with a you know i had a, a tumor in my penis uh don't worry the doctor told me it was benign really it's more like a six and a half but seven <laughs> um and that always gets a good laugh but it's to our previous example of like debasing yourself and self deprecating um people are on board because they're like yeah this guy's got a problem and let's laugh about it right um and i'm fine today everything's good and and after that sixteen months of injection therapy, okay. it's uh, good as new. <laughs> good as new. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, so
0: okay, so that like when you went through that, how long after did you be like? Were you realizing like, oh, I can use this for? I know it's horrible. It, way no, to it, it but... was
1: it was immediate. The, the first, I mean, the first, um, the first uh, appointment I had with the guy was just so outrageously comedic to me um because he was just like the most boring guy and when i get nervous i crack jokes and i was cracking jokes left and right and he did not bite on a single one of them he was just stone-faced the whole time and then uh yeah and it it was just like this is an insane thing to me like he's like
0: and that's on defense mechanisms yeah
1: exactly and then when it it when it wasn't funny was when I found out that in order to get treatment I would have to pay out of pocket because it wasn't covered by my insurance. Always because funny thing that could have because cost. it was considered cosmetic. I was like I have a, what I'm in my twenties and I have a like a a mass a and and in my peepee and it hurts and um, you
0: had to pay out of pocket for that. Well,
1: luckily I I clicked into SAG insurance which then ultimately did cover it. Because before that, I was on Oscar insurance, Oscar, Oscar Catastrophic. And I was like, what could be more catastrophic? <laughs> um,
0: oh, my God. Wait, so yeah. SAG, SAG saved the day?
1: SAG saved the day. Um, but also, while I was getting treatment for this, I tore my shoulder playing You're in the Broadway kidding. softball league. Um, wait, wait, wait. I,
0: I t- A Broadway softball league? Oh,
1: yeah. In Central Park. It's hardcore. People go all out. And... I'm a two-time champion. I just want to let you know we beat Dear Evan Hansen. Hansen in the uh, they say Hansen. That's the that's the puppet version. Wait, what was your what
0: was your team name? What were you? Oh, we
1: were uh, Davenport Theatrical. So I had done an Off Broadway show with the producer who produced several shows, and he had a softball team for his like people, <clears throat> and we we were that's fucking lit. It was so much fun. Oh my god, we beat Nick Jonas when he was doing the uh, what was he doing? how to succeed in business without even trying. Oh my God,
0: I saw that. Yeah. You played Nick Jonas in Uh softball.
1: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Did you
0: play Usher when he was in Chicago?
1: I didn't play Usher, but (laughs) but we played like Tony Danza. um, And then like some of the like Broadway people like Gavin Creel, who's like a huge, I don't know if your audience has musical theater crossover, but um, he's a big deal.
0: There's definitely people that play
1: that too. But yeah, and uh, Josh Cigar was on my team, who's uh, a very funny actor. who has been in a ton of stuff. Um, J- Jeremy Jordan was wow. on our team
0: so that's kind of nice it's like you having a new it's like a networking you know in a way because you're meeting yeah. people it's not like the point of it like you're obviously doing it just to like have fun and like meet people and just yeah. get close to people but that's really nice they, I did not know that existed yeah. New York's so fucking random like they have like Quidditch teams out there like I well, swear to right,
1: God right. but the funny thing about Broadway Softball League is like you're like oh Broadway Softball League like, is it just a bunch of dancers and it's like no because most of the teams are made up of like the stage hands and like the Teamsters. So it's like local 67 wearing Wiki, wicked shirts. Well, <laughs> that's know. what
0: I was visualizing people like like doing like dances to first base Mm-mm. and like all of a sudden music just happening like in the... Yeah, like that sounds so
1: much more fun. No, it's intense and yeah, in the championship game I tore my labrum and so I had to have surgery to repair that. So, this was all happening simultaneously and I remember I, I was in my sling laying on a table. Dr. Stember was... Giving me my injection therapy into my my business.
0: Did it hurt? Yeah. To have a needle go into your penis. Well, they gave
1: you two needles. The first needle was uh, anesthetic, a local anesthetic, and then the second needle was into the the area.
0: So okay, was it was so your penis was numb?
1: Yeah, well, basically your whole. What pelvis. did that feel like? It was awful. It was awful because <laughs> it's numb, but like in that swollen kind of way, like the way when you leave the dentist and you're just like, yeah. And so you're like, well, you walk out of this thing in Union Square. And I, I literally, I okay I, I kid you not, I don't want to say her name on you. The, after the first time, my first treatment, it was, it was a, I think a 16 treatment process every other week. <clears throat> um, after the first time I get in the elevator to go downstairs and I'm like upset and hurting and I hear Chris, and it was the girl from sophomore year that I had the biggest crush on in high school. She was like a PA at this this hospital in Mount You're Sinai. Lying. And I was like, "Sarah, are you fucking kidding?" She's like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "Uh, just had to go to the doctor."
0: Uh. Wait, so your penis was numb and your arm was broken, and you saw her in the elevator?
1: That my arm wasn't broken yet, but I saw her in the elevator. But when my I, I was laying there, broken arm, in a, in a sling, post surgery, he's like you know, poking me and I just started laughing hysterically and he like stopped and he was like, is something funny? And I was like, look at me right now. This is.
0: How is he not? Well, you, yeah, I guess yeah, he side was just, yeah this it- is the guy who didn't laugh at anything. Nothing. Right? Okay.
1: And, and I was like,
0: this is, this is insane. Look at this. I, you like, just have to laugh. Yeah. If I was you, I would have been like, I, I'm, oh, that's just, that's hard. The yeah. universe was testing you.
1: Yeah. But you know, we survived.
0: We survived and that's all. I have it. a
1: functioning shoulder. In a quasi function. Anyway, next uh, subject.
0: <laughs> Listen, that was a perfect cliffhanger, so thank you so much. You were really so excited. You, you gave the audience what they wanted. And that's what, I hope so. And that's why I appreciate having you as a guest on this pod. Listen,
1: it's what all what? about showmanship. You know what I mean? <laughs> Full circle exactly. showmanship.
0: So I feel like, in a way, technically, you've kind of answered this question a few times throughout the episode. But something that I ask a lot of the people that I interview is when was a time that you bombed?
1: (laughs) How have I answered that several times? And you're like, your life is one giant bomb. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I feel like I could just like, listen, I can relate. It's just like things that you experience, they're like, this could not happen to anyone but me. Mm-hmm. And I respect it. I think it's what gives us character. You know Love what it. I mean? But yeah, It's the good stuff. I like to ask people because, I mean, like I said, like I've interviewed people who do like representation, who do stand up, who do just like primarily acting, like digital heavy, heavy stuff or like even just like day to day, like dating or friendship. What are like one or two experiences that come off the top of your head that you're like, this is the time I bombed.
1: Bombed. And you're talking performance or life.
0: Anything, like whatever comes oh, to you. Oh, God.
1: Um, well, I remember my, most, my most, most recent performance bomb was, oh, God. Do you know the song? Do you know the song Butterfly Kisses?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Oh, my God. See, this is the problem. This is why I bombed. <laughs> so, Butterfly Kisses. What's Butterfly Kisses? Butterfly Kisses. It was like in the 90s, early 2000s. It was the... Daddy daughter dance at every Can wedding. Can you sing it a little? Yeah, it's like butterfly kisses after bedtime prayers. Will my flowers all be okay? Well, thank you. That's very nice. I don't know. You sing, uh, no, no, yeah. Well, and that's all, again <laughs> why I bombed. So it's but it's about a father <laughs> singing to his daughter who, when she was little, would give him butterfly kisses, and then it progresses into her wedding day. And he's like, walk me down the aisle, daddy, daddy, don't cry. And it's like, it's very sweet, but saccharine and over the top. Um, But I always had, I I always thought it was so funny to have the same artist write the sequel to that song about his son because a dad singing about kissing his son is not as sweet. It's fucking weird. So um, I wrote A sketch called baby boy smooches and it's about (laughs) it's about this guy i think his name's edwin mclean is the singer and he's like at his son's wedding he's like you all know me from butterfly kisses but i wrote a follow-up for my baby boy and then he sings and it gets you know growingly more grotesque and he's like like they're wrestling naked and it's just like weird you know but it's saying in that sentimental tone anyway it was like a five, five and a half minute sketch (laughs) With no musical backing and nobody fucking laughed. Like it was... The whole time. Yes. And I, you know, especially in sketch because you can't pivot because it's written and rehearsed.
0: And it's like start, end and like lights off, light on. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So when you... There's always this moment and it's exciting but scary where you you hit the game line or like the premise on stage where it's like, okay, this is the line that is going to declare what we see for the next three minutes. And if they don't laugh at this, you're fucked. And so we did the game line and nothing, no one. And I think a lot of it had to do with, uh, the fact (laughs) that no one knew what butterfly kisses was. And and it right then it hit me. I was like, "This is going to be the longest five minutes of your fucking life."
0: So and you know, you knew early on. I knew it
1: instantly, and and <laughs> this was with my group uncle function, and they all knew instantly. And you share that moment with them when it's you look so at each other fun. and you're like, "We're fucked," and they're all just looking at you like, and God bless them because they let me try it. Um, <laughs> And They're
0: like, Chris, no more uh, ideas, yeah. okay? Well, they were like,
1: the one big note, they were like, it has to have music with it, and maybe someone should do it who's like a really good singer, because I was very pitchy. And, uh, You're like, no, and no, I was no. like, well, I'd really like to try it, and I don't have the musical editing talents to create That's a backtrack. Hard, yeah. So it was just me singing acapella Baby Boy Smooches <laughs> for five and a half minutes to complete and utter silence
0: i'm sorry that is too fucking good i would have laughed because of just honestly how awkward it probably yeah. was so how did you like do, do you feel like you can like just bounce back i i know I, every time i talk to people or people that i interview about this they're like you're not doing it right if you're not bombing right, right. like that's especially stand-up i guess maybe it's more uh-huh. specific with stand-up but it's like do you ever feel like that gives you like a setback or you're like, okay, it didn't work next thing. Like did it kind of fuck with you that day or were you just like, I could have seen this coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, like you have to, again, like with the, the penile cancer or the shoulder, you have to laugh. Right. Um, but you have to learn from it too, because you can, you could say like, Oh, throw it out. It's not funny. I still stand by, I, I still think it's a very funny idea and I want to figure out how to make it work. But so, you that know, didn't
0: stop you you, th- it you still we you haven't it. done it
1: again so technically it did stop me but you have to <laughs> you have to you have to, you, f- you have to do the rest of the show but it doesn't stop you from writing and trying to explore it right. and I will market it I will make baby boy smooches work
0: baby boy smooches will go viral it might have to in 2023 we'll give it 2024 in case we'll give it like two years yeah I, th- I, I don't know
1: how to make it work. It's the
0: it's the musical backing, and I think it really goes back to, I knew of the song when I heard it. I didn't know the name of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's just, maybe if we use a similar or different song, like a similar, like Butterfly Fly Away with Billy Ray Cyrus, like you uh-huh. do a part two, but something of that, I don't know why I'm telling you yeah. You're the one no, who's much more is, successful than me. No, no, no,
1: no, That's It's all it's all good uh, But no, this,
0: this does lead me into my separate question, as you mentioned, Uncle Function. Mm-hmm. So... As that amazing experience happened. So, Uncle Function is a sketch group that you're a part of. Yes. And I have had the pleasure of seeing Uncle Function roughly three times live, in, in, both Very in sweet. New York and Los Angeles, actually. So, a big thing I wanted to kind of ask you about was what has your experience been with Uncle Function and how did that come about? Like, mm-hmm. just kind of give me the whole rundown of like start to finish of like where where you guys are at now, how the, cr- like the crew came together and like just i mean you guys are fucking hilarious so like i can't get started but you know what i mean like things that you've loved doing about it and like some of your favorite sketches and things like that
1: yeah so we this we started in 2015 um we had all all the members had worked with this producer named ken davenport who's uh, upon whom's softball team i was a member i don't think that was proper grammar Um, Um, Whomist? (laughs) whom's softballist team um and we'd all done different shows, and he had just opened a theater in Midtown, and he approached uh, Alex, who was our founding member, uh, saying, "Hey, I want to do. I want to bring comedy to my theater. I'll give you guys space, and um, like you know, we'll split the door." <clears throat> so Alex approached me and was like, "Hey, you're the first person I'm talking to. I want to do this thing." Um, and he and I were both actors. We, we consider ourselves actors first and comedians second. And we wanted, we had, you know, it's easy to get into your pity parties and get bitter and everything, and be like, well, this stinks, and I couldn't get on a UCB team and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a little harder to be like, well then, do it yourself, do it yourself. And we both had this moment, That's it was like advice. in January, and it was like, yeah, you know what, let's freaking do it ourselves. And so we put uh, the six of us together, um, it was me, Alex, Jessica Fry, John Marcos Rezi, Russell Daniels, and Douglas Goodhart.
0: So, how did you got, like? Did you know each other through classes, or was it kind of like one person knew one? And- I knew
1: Alex from we did an off Broadway show called The Awesome Eighties Prom together. Okay. I had never met the others until we started Uncle Function. Oh shit! And so we got together and we we started like you know doing some improv games. We hired a director who who helped us. And then we started just writing sketch, and and we did it at this Davenport theater for a couple times. And then he was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Like if you want to use the theater, you have to pay for it. And it was like $60 an hour. And like, so we were like, all right, whatever. And this was after a few months. So we were left with the decision, like, do Do you want to keep going going or, or not? And UCB at the time had this thing called Backyard Brawl, which was like a competition, a sketch competition every month where you would you know, one team would do three sketches, another team would, and then the audience would vote. And we, wow, we submitted to that, and we won it six times in a row.
0: Holy shit! Which not was really cool.
1: Not yeah, it was. Oh, thank you. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. And we were like, okay, we've got something here. Um, six
0: times in a row.
1: Yeah, six months run it's a Pitch perfect
0: on crack. That's fucking nuts.
1: (laughs) I mean it's a midnight show at UCB.
0: I guess but still, I don't know, I feel like sketch comedy, like I feel like it's just like it works or it doesn't. Like the chemistry of the group and everything. And like I genuinely thought you guys knew each other for so long. Like the first time I saw you, which that that Uncle Function holiday party was or holiday party, that holiday holiday edition was probably only a few years in of you guys being a group, I'd imagine. Yeah, it I think that was ish.
1: 2018,
0: maybe? Yeah, so, well, three, yeah, four, three yeah, years. But it seemed like you'd known each other forever. Like, your guys' yeah. chemistry is wild. Anyway.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it clicked pretty early on because everyone brings something very different to the table, um, which is great. And uh, so then, you know, from there we went to The Pit um, and we became a monthly show at The Pit and then we got an offer to take the show to UCB uh, as a monthly show there. And as an independent group being asked to, join UCB is very rare. And so that was like wow. a huge accomplishment. That was, that was in the uh, winter 2019. We did uh, three sold out shows. Our friend Chloe Feynman came back. We had a packed house and then, you know, March 2020 came around and, and that was the end of that. <clears throat> but um, we were like, what do we do? In April, we did a live Zoom show on YouTube, which was really cool. We were like, one of the firsts to do that. And uh, that was very successful. And We raised a bunch of money for our local food bank, which was cool. And then um, in May 2021, or April 2021, we reached out to the Asylum Theater, which, uh, Asylum NYC, which had taken over the UCB Chelsea space. Okay, okay. And we uh, we were like, can we put on a show? And uh, they were like, yep. And so we were one of the first indoor... Uh, perform comedy performances back after the pandemic wow and we led the way there um along with a couple other groups and that was really really cool and something I'm very proud of because you know I think we needed to get back yeah and uh, and
0: it's hard especially with everything going on with the pandemic like right. live performance like,
1: I feel yeah. like that's such a
0: big thing. It's cool that you guys tried to pivot into doing things like virtually and it sounds mm-hmm. like it worked out too. So it's just, it's hard, but it's like you can still, if you really are committed to it, mm-hmm. it can, you can find like the new, I don't know, path for the yeah. group, you know?
1: Absolutely. And and that's what the last couple of years have been uh, because Alex, the founder, actually stepped away after the first year to go back to grad school and, and pursue other things. Um, <clears throat> so it was the five of us for a long time. And then... Uh, we added a new member early last year uh, named Joseph Limus, who's a wonderful comedian and actor and um, he's so great and yeah he's, he's, yeah, so he's been a great addition and so now we're you know we we're making online content and we're doing live shows we and now we're trying to figure out the next steps because we we think we have something cool and special but we want we want to level up uh, we love doing the live shows, but we live in a in an environment where those are so fleeting and so ephemeral and and you if you get industry there great and that can lead to other things but everyone wants a video and they want a new one every 20 seconds and you know when you have six members who are all actors with their own you know careers yeah, and lives yeah. and families it's really hard to to figure it out now i live on the you know west coast yeah
0: so the rest of them are in new york specifically right like the yeah, rest of they're the all in function. New York City. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the Los Angeles show was only how many months ago? was It was that in now? September. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was a couple months ago, and uh, what a
0: great show that was at the Dynasty Typewriter. Oh, thanks. That was fucking hilarious. That
1: was so much fun. We you
0: guys did a really good job. You thank probably you. I don't know. I never know because, you know, from our end, I feel mm-hmm. like it's like like you guys are like, oh crap, I've messed up this part. Of you know course. what I mean? Because you you know, obviously, what you know. But right. the kind of beautiful thing about sketch, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, is that like there's almost like an art to that. Like mm-hmm. if there's a little bit of like a mistake or something goes wrong or like maybe you forget a specific line, like that's where like the maybe like the improv mentality pops in where like you just never would notice. Like right. to me, it was like seamless from start to finish. And a group of like 10 of my friends were there too. And we were just like all like lined up. I was, I was with Mackenzie oh, yeah. and Rachel. We were like all sitting next to each other and stuff. And I just remember being like, it kind of like brought the spark back for me. Cause that's around when I started the that's podcast awesome. again, honestly. And I went home that night and I started researching and I literally was like, I just have to try it. I was like, these people are actually doing it. There's a difference between saying you're doing it and doing it. And mm-hmm. like to see you guys so like committed for so long. And it's almost like a little family that you guys have. And like, I knew you were coming out to LA also. It's just really like inspiring because I think something like the pandemic such a roadblock with like live shows, but you guys have managed to figure out your way to like make it still happen and to have mm. like a full house. Like, I'm pretty sure I, I believe it was sold out. Like, it like, was, yeah. yeah. Like,
1: that was that was special. That was really cool. Yeah. Thank you for saying all that. That's very sweet. Um, <laughs> it is, you know, it's true. Yeah,
0: it's really when you cool.
1: are in it, you're you don't, you know, like you said, you're you're calculating your mistakes and you're going back and watching the tape, you know, like yeah, exactly. And, and to working me, it's on like... your jump shot. And, um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, all of this is about the response, right? Did you make someone laugh and did you affect them or make them think about something in a different way, you know? Yeah. And, uh, not to, you know, get too, uh, pretentious about what we do. I mean, it was mostly fart jokes. Um, but, uh,
0: dude, it was your, your <laughs> imitations were like, you had someone to pull it out of a hat. Like,
1: oh yeah. That was, fun. I don't know
0: if you've like, I don't know how to be your, first of all, I mean, I don't want to just gas you up the whole time. Cause when someone compliments me for too long, it makes me kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if you're, the nah. same way. you're like, no, you can keep going. I'll, you what, I'll, stop you. <laughs> I'll
1: stop you. I'll stop you when you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But no,
0: even like the fact that you are so good at, like, character impersonations is, like, such a talent, like, that I think not a lot of people can actually execute. Like, they'll have one or two, you know what I mean? Like, they're kind of, like, have, like, a few of them that are really in the bag that they're really Uh good at, but the fact that you really showcased your talent by having, I think it was, like, you had someone from the stage or someone from the audience came up and just would pick stuff out of the hat, so you didn't even know... What in person like what you were doing or like who you were gonna be kind of re- like impersonating? Right.
1: Yeah. That that was so much fun. That was actually the first time I had done it that way. Oh really? Um, but I yeah I had fifteen names in a hat. Yeah, and I like pulled 15? someone up from the audience and you and, didn't know. Yeah. Although there was I don't know if you remember, but he pulled one out it was Ryan Reynolds. And vocally, I just I knew I couldn't do it, so I ripped it out of his hand. Out of his hand, I said, "No, nope, pick another one." Oh really? Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing that one.
0: I I thought that was a see, I thought that was a part of it.
1: No, I just knew, I was like, I don't have, because, you know, Ryan Reynolds is, he's up here, and he sort of talks like this, and, <laughs> and a lot of my voices until then were, you know, this, and to go from this to, hi, is really hard.
0: Wow. So, okay, that was the first time you did, like, a pick out of hats. Well, everyone was like, f- the audience was fucking eating it up. Yeah,
1: it went really well. That was really fun. That was yeah, That really was
0: fun. so, I was like, this guy,
1: he's yeah. fucking
0: great. Every, every single person in your group is... It's like a, It sounds so freaking cheesy, but like a puzzle piece to each other. Like, you really see, like, you're able to highlight the talents of every person in the group with all the sketches that you guys chose combined, specifically there. Because for me, it had been a few years since I saw you guys, <clears throat> obviously, in New York to L.A. But it's just so incredible that you guys are just... And, and I get what you're saying about, like, you guys have different paths and families and trying to right. find that next step. But the fact that you've been, even done it for as long as you have has, pr- I'd imagine, given you guys opportunities and maybe, like new eyes on you and kind Mm -hmm. of like been like, wow, like, you know, like auditioning for things and kind of submitting for things has probably helped you guys kind of like push off even more than you did when you didn't have the sketch group.
1: Definitely. I mean, the benefits are multifaceted because you're, you're honing your skills, you're having fun, you're, you're learning, you're getting your name out there. um, But you have an outlet too, which is, you know, half the battle because it's so easy to, you know, fall into yourself and sit on a couch and be like, Oh, I'm, you know, wait for your phone to ring and, and feel sorry for yourself. And, um, this sort of forces you, especially when you have a routine where it's like we had a monthly show. So as soon as one is over, you're planning the next one and you're writing new material and you're, you're trying stuff out. And, uh, So it's
0: it just helps you like take the next step, move forward. That's kind of how I feel about the podcast. Doing it weekly, it's like mm -hmm. it just it it holds you accountable and like keeps the creative juices flowing. And it's like in your day to day, you can be like, oh, like maybe I can use this for for you know like a sketch or like I can talk to my group about this. Even for me, I'm like, oh, maybe like if I'm doing a solo episode, I can talk about this random thing. And it just like kind of keeps you going, so you don't have that whole like pity party on your couch where you're like, well, why isn't this working for me? It's like no, you have to make it work. Like you have to push yourself to actually pursue it versus like saying like I tried once and it didn't work like it sucks it's like no just keep fucking trying like and that's something I struggle with sometimes too so
1: well it's I mean that's normal it's human but you know like I was tired of watching SNL and being like it's not funny anymore it's like well then you fucking do it man it's hard it's hard what they're doing they're putting their show on in a week that's insane
0: yeah it is real but people don't realize what goes into that like even me like everyone's always like making the comments about SNL here and there and I'm like it's almost like when someone goes to like a baseball game like I'm a Yankees fan and it's like mm. you go to a you watch a game and like a few hours later they're like you fucking suck I'm like yeah. you want to go on the field and right. try yourself yeah, like they, please like those are the
1: best people in the world at what they do and, and they're
0: having an hard. off day or it's just someone's better. Like the, like right. it's always like up and down, you know? Yeah. So it's funny when people make that comment, but the difference is you actually did it. You went on the field.
1: Yeah. I picked up a bat and I said, put me in coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs>
0: That was good. That was good.
1: Thanks. That was my baseball guy. That
0: was good. I felt yeah. I felt really uh, empowered by that. Yeah. To that put is, me in coach.
1: So good. He he had a little problem with human growth hormones uh, in the minors, but, but I think you he, could yeah. hear that in the voice. But... You can
0: hear the shift.
1: Mm, yeah, that
0: yeah. he he's Amanda. he's
1: grown. He's grown physically and emotionally. He's
0: not that short boy who's he's standing that... on a chair in the dance.
1: <laughs> oh, that poor boy. I wish I could hug him. <clears throat>
0: But no, like, thank you for kind of running through that. I I definitely feel like if if anyone hasn't checked out Uncle Function, you guys have an Instagram page. And obviously there's a YouTube channel, I believe, that has some Uh stuff on there. So you guys, if we'll, you'll know about announcements of upcoming shows and things like that. But every single person in that group, like I highly recommend looking on Instagram and following as well, because individually they're very talented and hilarious. And then together it's like insane it was oh, so i was you. so happy i felt very really lucky that i was able to see it a few months ago because i just assumed you were in new york you know like, i just assumed it'd be in new york so like right. hopefully we can have you guys do more los angeles ones and see what well
1: happens. Uh, i with nothing's in stone but i think this spring it uh we're gonna really? we're gonna come back to la i think Holy that's the plan shit. yeah i okay. hope so all right guys
0: we'll stay tuned for stay that.
1: tuned part three yeah
0: part three i just do it like the is day the after. cancer back? <laughs> Stop. Okay so we're we are nearing the end which and I... is very sad and I'm thank you so much for Letting me go on my tangents as usual.
1: But also, that's what this is. I mean, apologizing for going on a tangent in a podcast is like apologizing for eating at a restaurant. Like, that's, that's what you do.
0: Like, that's the point of the podcast. Yeah, that's why you're here. I think it's just funny because when uh, I had a partner in the podcast, she was the one that kind of gave us the structure. Mm-hmm. And I was the one who was like, yeah, you were the color commentator. Yeah, I was just the one who was like, this one time when <laughs> I was a child. Right. But no, she. it was really good to have that structure. So I think being like, especially ADHD brain, I'm like, fucking constantly ping-ponging. I'm like, okay, you have these questions that you need to ask and I'm also like, but that, there was that time I was called a llama when I was a kid. Yeah. I do need to tell them about that. <laughs> so, it's so just, funny. it's hard to kind of find that balance but I just, I'm always grateful for people who really like to run with it because I think like, you know, in a podcast world, there's different ways. There's structure and there's no structure but right. kind of leading to the last few questions I have for you. I think a lot of the things that we've talked about, you've been able to, it's almost like inadvertently giving advice to listeners. Mm-hmm. Like, Just experiences when you're really young and like using that in a way to make it like a form of entertainment or even meeting groups or, you know, Uncle Function as a whole, like how that came together being like, I'll just do it myself type of thing. But if, is there a specific piece of advice that you have for, you know, aspiring comics or actors or producers that either someone told you that really stuck with you or that you kind of run with that goes with you? Because I always try to have like a set, a little section where we have that for the listeners because... I know I do know there's at least a handful of people that listen to this with um, the same kind of aspirations that I do, which is to like be a performer, whatever realm that is. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is gonna sound trite, but like it, it is that that just do it mentality of like, don't wait for someone to ask you to do it. If you really love it, if you really want to do it, do it, um, and and. Build yourself a structure that forces you to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, start a podcast. Now you have to do this every week. You know, and it's a lot of work, but you're doing it, and it's great. Uh, t- tell yourself, I'm going to have an improv group, and we're gonna we're gonna just rehearse every week. Maybe we we're not gonna perform anywhere, but like we're gonna do it once a week. We're gonna rent a studio or. Um, you know, a writer's group, like mm-hmm. we're going to yes. meet on zoom every Monday and people will bring in what they have. And if they had an off week, that's okay. But, but you just have to do it and, um, and you're going to fail and you're going to succeed. And it's not a linear path, <clears throat> Lord knows, but just keep trying and, and try a little bit of everything because I think it's just as valuable to know what you don't like mm-hmm. and what you're not good at as it is to know what you do like and, and you are good at. Yeah. And and you know, it's okay to have the courage to pivot and change courses and you know, if you're like, you know what, the the acting thing isn't what I want to do. I want to, you know, don't feel pressured to do things cuz you have to do them. It's
0: not like you're stuck ever. Like right. I think people sometimes feel like w- they've committed. They're like, "Oh, well I, I said I was going to be an actor, like I said I was going to be stand up, but I don't really like I'm not good at stand up or I don't like it." It's like right. that's okay. Like Yeah.
1: And and there is this pressure now, especially where everyone's like you need to be a multi-hyphenate. You need to do everything. I, which is obviously true and helpful, but I also think you shouldn't spend your time being active just for the sake of being active. Like you want to do something productive and, and something of value to you. Um, you know, I, so many of my friends have podcasts and, and so many comedians have podcasts and they're all great. And I think it's great. And so I have that thing of like, oh, well, well, fuck, I should have a podcast. I should do this. And then I'm like, but I don't want to. Right. Nothing against people who do it. I think it's great. But, yeah, but I don't want like to and I'm not going right. to. Yeah. I, but everyone will be like, well, you have to have a podcast. And it's like, well, eh, I, don't, I don't really want to do that. Um, and
0: everyone has a different recipe. Like I always say that. Like there's people that will, it's like a, a pie chart. Like you mm-hmm. put like 80% into one thing and 20%. Like for me, I put a huge chunk of my entertainment whatever like energy into the podcast but that's only because it's holding me accountable it's pushing me to do stand-up when there's other people that are like doing stand-up three nights a, you know or five nights a week like two times a day mm-hmm. whatever like there's people who have their own sketch groups that they're working on there's people that are auditioning for films and shows and like right you know what i mean like for you as an actor it's like you've been in some pretty big stuff and it's very exciting for you it's like you don't want to juggle too much stuff or else right. something's gonna fall you know so
1: yeah and you know, you don't wanna be a jack of all trades kind of thing, a master of none. <clears throat> but at the same time, you do have to if if there is something you, you don't wanna do before you don't do it, I think you need to ask yourself why. And you have to get to the root of why you don't wanna do it. Because if it's ego or fear, that's not acceptable. You gotta fight through that yeah. and you gotta put it aside. If it's if if it's this doesn't bring me joy and this is not that like I don't like this, I've done it and I don't like it, right. Then Fair, but like you trial and to, error, Yeah, you have to that. give it a shot, or, or at least you know, because I, 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 there were so many times where I was like, I don't want to take improv, I don't want to do improv, and it's like, well, is, are you saying that because you're afraid you're going to be bad at it, or it, which was largely true, and and then I ultimately did, and I don't do improv regularly, but I met so many great people and so many and got into a community, and it's it has been right. extremely valuable. Right. <clears throat> so you got to put your ego aside and
0: just do it. Get
1: like, ready to bomb. With yeah. Little boy smoochies. And... Little bo-
0: yeah. You're going to have your little boy smoochies <laughs> moment.
1: Oh, uh, we all will.
0: I've had a, my fair share of bombs already and I haven't even done. I mean, if that makes sense, I think in the beginning when you're doing it, you're going to bomb more likely than you're not. And mm-hmm. I think there's also a, a thing where like you think you're bombing and you're really not, you know what yes. I mean? Like you're your biggest critic. Like I'll have times where I get off stage. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Uh-huh. And then I'll talk to someone who's been doing it for a while. And they're like, honestly, like, you really have a good stage presence. And I'm like, wow. What were you actually? Were you, were you at the same place I was at? You know, yeah. and it's just like having that vulnerability on stage or being able to make fun of yourself. Like, I think it goes a really long way. And yeah, I think that's like really, really good advice because I think some people, um, and I'm, I'm guilty of this from years ago. It's like when I was working in representation, it was like, I had that itch to always want to do it. And mm-hmm. I was like, but I, I don't think I'd be good at it. Like, I don't right. want to do it. Even starting a podcast, if you told me like two years ago, I'd be like, but how? Like, what the sure. fuck do you do? And it's like, just figure it out. Do you it. know what I mean? Just, just do, do it, it and figure it yeah. out. So that's and, really good advice. Yeah.
1: And it, it I mean, it, it's that constant battle of like having the audacity to think I have something worth saying and worth, you know, hear, Like, why heard. do people
0: want to listen to me? I always have that struggle on here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then you also have to balance that with like, you know, the so you have to have that audacity to be like i do have something to say and balance that with the humility of like well you know i have to be self-deprecating and i have to be self-aware mm-hmm. and that's a it's a tough balance my acting teacher describes it as uh, you have to as an actor or performer you have to have thin skin and a steel spine and and wow. it's so true because you have to like you have to let things affect you you have to be able to adapt and read the audience and figure out what's funny and look internally but you have to have that backbone that is like, okay, this can bend me but not break me. Yeah, this can wow. give me scoliosis, but I'm still going to keep dancing, baby. I'm going to still
0: do this dance with the tallest girl in the yeah. room, Yeah. Hold
1: my, hold my <laughs> wheelie bag. I got a giant gazelle to dance with.
0: <laughs> that's going to literally be like carved in stone. Hold my wheelie bag. I'm going to dance <laughs> yeah. with this gazelle.
1: I got to dance with this llama gazelle. <laughs> no,
0: but that's, that's very, very true. And I like I love when I ask this question because honestly like I always take a little bit myself like it's in a selfish way like I take a lot from it because I'm obviously in the very early stages of figuring out like where my niche is like Mm -hmm. I enjoy interviewing and everything but it's like I really want to be on a stage Mm -hmm. and I think like just taking the classes finding the programs meeting people and just like I'm happy that I'm actually trying it and doing it cuz I think so many people say that they'll do it and they can or they're discouraged or like like I'm just lucky enough to be have the ability to do it and I right. feel like there's always like a, oh it's too late I'm too old and I do feel that way a little bit but I'm like fuck it like yeah just try you know what I mean just keep trying and that's why it's always really encouraging to listen to people who are like like in like you're very successful like you've done so oh, many things you. in def- different like Realms Like, obviously, you have a sketch group. Like, you've been in some really amazing TV shows and movies and things like that. And I think it's just, um, we're always our biggest critics. Mm -hmm. But that's also good because it pushes us to keep going. You know what I mean? So kind of leading me to my last question, um, I don't know if you've already hit some of these goals, but in terms of your career and things like that, like, are there main goals or, like, aspects or things that you really want to reach? Or are there things that, like, you're kind of pushing toward? Because I think as an entertainer, like, there's always, like, many, like, you have to zoom out sometimes and be like, wow, I can't believe how much I've done, like, Mm -hmm. having a very successful, like, group and things like that, but is there anything that's, like, that aha moment for you where you're, like, holy shit, because you've been in some huge things, like, and I, like, I can't even imagine what it feels like auditioning for something and being, getting that call being, like, Mm -hmm. hey, you got the fucking part, you know, like, you've had those moments, so, like, what's been that for you in the past that's happened and what's in the future for you, kind of, in that way.
1: Well, you know, it's, the mountain always moves, which is, you know, good and bad. <clears throat> I think, you know, it, my ultimate dream was SNL. It always was. Um, and I uh, I was lucky enough to audition a couple times a few years ago, and obviously it didn't work out. Um, it's something I would still love to do, <clears throat> if you're listening. It's um, <laughs> an option before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... You know, I, it's funny because when you're young, especially when you're 15, you get stars in your eyes and you're like, I'm going to be famous and I'm going to be a superstar. And as you get older, your goals sort of change and morph. And, you know, I don't want to be famous. I, I, I don't because like it looks awful. But the problem is in this career, success and fame are sort of intrinsically yeah. linked. True. Um, but I've gotten to a point now, you know, in my 30s where I'm like, hey, I'm making a living full time uh as an actor and performer, and I've been doing so for five years um, you know that comes after a decade of of service industry stuff, which I'm very grateful for and and um but to me, I think that is the that is the mark of success. If I'm able to make a living and live a comfortable lifestyle doing what i'm doing, what more can you ask for? yeah that being said what Reese Witherspoon is doing where she's acting, writing, producing, and creating a powerhouse. That's what I want to do. Yeah. That's you what I want to be Reese Witherspoon. I'd like to do. She also
0: has a book club, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's, uh, she's incredible. I think what she's doing is awesome. People like that are, that's what I want to do. I want to okay. be in a position where I can perform, write, collaborate, produce. I don't think I want to direct, uh, cause that seems like a skill I'd you know i'm, I'm ill equipped for but um
0: but i'm self-aware on that so it's yeah I mean, I mean, but it's, even then like the fact that you you've done enough to know what really is like your strong like what your strong suits are right. so it's like even just saying the like the fact that you've been able to like make a career out of this like in the past five years like i think that's so much more than so many people can say so it's like right. you've already hit so many of those marks and like it goes back to the like the moving mountain thing but mm-hmm. it's very impressive and it's like just the, it just is inspiring because it is like just keep going anyway because because also your goals shift sure and it, it, you might think you wanted something like first like the snl example right. like when i interviewed alex Bonfer he in the beginning all he wanted was uh to try to get on snl and things like that and then as time went on when it really the opportunity presented himself and he was going to go like audition there like he already was like the reason i really wanted snl is so i can get more maybe like more like TV show Mm -hmm. features, things like that. And it's like, I've actually hit the point that I want to be at right now. Like, and it's just so crazy because I think a a few years prior, he would have probably been like, there's no way. And then him getting on Kevin can fuck himself. It's like, that's what he wanted, like to go to Boston. He has a family. Like, it's just like the matters of success change as time goes on. So it's kind of having that outlook in life. So that's really, that's really like inspiring.
1: Oh well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice to hear that because it's sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees when you're you know you're in it to take a step back and be like, oh yeah, I'm doing it because you're you're surrounded by negativity every day because you're you yeah. it's so much easier to focus on what you're not getting or what you're not doing and you're looking at your phone and you're like oh geez this guy's doing this and I this struggle guy's doing with that, that a lot it's so hard guess, and then yeah you know you need to take a step back every now and then I the other <clears throat> last year I got a letter in the mail from SAG. Uh, the, the Actors Union, and it was like congratulations because of your earnings for X amount of years you have uh, vested for for a pension from SAG.
0: Holy shit! And
1: I started crying because I had been in such a bad mood. I I, I was like N- nothing's happening. I'm not getting auditions. Blah blah blah. And it was like this reminder of like dude,
0: like you're doing you're it.
1: doing it, man. This is wow really special. And and it was a very special moment for me to be like holy shit. Like yeah, this is. If I stopped right now, no one could say I didn't do it. Yeah. And no. and that's okay because I, I've always said, like, you know, I can live with failure, but I can't live with regret. And so, you know, I'm going to just keep going until I can anymore. And, yeah. and then we'll take it from here. And the move out here was a big part of that. It was, it was like,
0: new I, chapter. Yeah.
1: And I promised myself when I was 15 and decided, like, hey, we're doing this. And my parents, you know, were like, do you want to do this? Because this is a big thing. Um, and I decided to do it. I promised myself not to put a time frame on it, but to say I'll know um I'll know when it when it's either happening or not, but I'm not going to leave any stone unturned. Wow. And last year it was like, well, what's the last big stone I haven't turned? And it was living here yeah so. wow
0: so you then you're like just like what you said you didn't put a time time on it but you're like I know when I'll be ready and you knew Yeah. And now you're here the fact that you did it like you, you're out here now
1: yeah it's crazy it was a huge mistake uh, a huge
0: mistake you're like it's still fucking raining all the time I hate this yeah. shit this no it's storm, sunny so.
1: out it's beautiful yeah, sunny LA lucky. you know my favorite my favorite joke was uh, that I heard is uh, when it's 20 degrees in New York it's 72 in LA when it's 100 degrees in New York it's 72 in LA there are eight million interesting people in New York. There's 72 in LA. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Uh, I've never lo- heard of that before. Yeah, it's very funny, but also untrue because it's fucking freezing and wet here.
0: It's just, you've just had a really bad experience. I'm just hoping in the next few months that there's a turnaround here because you don't like, you did come at a time where like shit was about to get not great, but listen, so. you made you made the big step and regardless of the, you know, the outlying situations. Yes. It's good because it's like you're opening new doors for yourself and who even knows. But it's been, like, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been really, really hilarious. This is one of the more, like, I've learned so much from you. It's been the funniest fucking shit. Like, every time I have an interview, I'm like, wow, I really, this is one of my favorites. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like I get to learn so much about the people that I talk to that I wouldn't have normally. And I'm just, like, very thankful that you agreed to come on to this and who, well, you, we're making big steps you know being asked to be on the Funny Girl podcast like we're fucking star- making steps.
1: I know you're being sarcastic but that is it is a big step for me I, I like it, uh, to feel included in a community it's a great feeling. Yeah. And uh, nobody's too big or too small for anything so um, this was great and being able to talk about yourself and hear your stories you like you learn you know you learn about yeah. yourself and you can have those moments of like oh I was a dummy or oh well yeah i can be proud about that
0: yeah exactly and it's just like we're both we're we're in different levels clearly but like we're still we're just pushing forward and we're doing it so it is very inspiring and anyone if you have any specific questions or anything you can feel free to slide into my dms um this is the part two of this episode which we are you still there are you still there it's very rich but at least we'll have two separate weeks of this but thank you guys so much for listening um Please rate, review, and subscribe to my channel. Just getting to my podcast. And yeah, make sure to follow Chris on Instagram. And if you have any specific plugs or upcoming things, I know you have some courses.
1: Uh, yes, I, I teach and I coach, uh, which has been very valuable. You can look me up at valuable for me, not, not for the people. Hopefully for both. Hopefully for the clients. Um, but yeah, I'm at C. Caffero, um, chriscafero.com. And uh, I've got a fun fiction podcast coming out in February called The Royals of Malibu, based on a best-selling young adult novel, uh-huh. um, which is going to be very fun. And um, I make a slight, a small appearance in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel final season coming up. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, I'll just be putting out silly videos and, and floating around L.A. to find my place until then. Yes. Quick question. Best Italian restaurant in town.
0: Ooh. I'd have to say... John and Vinny's. Mm -hmm. Have you been there? I have been. How do you feel about it?
1: Uh, The food was delicious. They put an 18% service tax on my bill and said, this is not included in the tip. This helps pay for the servers. You need to tip on top of that. And that really rubbed me the wrong way. No, that's not great. They're very
0: expensive. Also, Dantana's is good. Dantana? No. You can trust an Italian restaurant if the tablecloths are red checkered.
1: Okay. My brother works at Taroni, which is very good. Really? Yeah.
0: I didn't know that. I used to live close to there.
1: Yeah, very tasty.
0: It's good. But yeah, John and Vinny's is good, but I think it's too mainstream, to your point. Mm-hmm. So I say you should definitely try D'Antanas. It's like kind of in West Hollywood, close to Beverly Hills vibes. I've heard of that one. Are you 100% Italian?
1: No, 50. You're much more Italian than I am. Yeah. <laughs> the other part's Irish. And, uh,
0: oh, is your dad Irish?
1: No, my dad's Italian. 100%. Wow. Yeah.
0: Of course he's funny. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Cafero. I don't know why I didn't... Cafero. Oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Cafiero. When we moved, when my great grandfather came from El- to Ellis Island, it was Cafiero, and he was like, "That I'll fool
0: them by changing
1: it, and they'll never know I'm Italian." <laughs> so he like, changed it to cafero. It's I was like, like, All like right. Still
0: fucking Italian, but Cafiero is fucking Italian as hell. Yeah, yeah that but Cafiero gives like it could be, but I wasn't hundred percent.
1: Yeah, my brother-in-law's name. My sister married a man. Last name Cafaro. C A F A R O.
0: So your sister's Cafaro.
1: She's Jacqueline Cafaro Cafaro.
0: holy shit if I was Lorena Sacchetti Sacchetti like eat me off a cliff
1: sounds like an illness (laughs) we're so sorry man but you have Sacchetti (laughs) Sacchetti stage four
0: stage four back to it but thank you so much thanks for having me let me know if you guys need anything no no, never mind
1: if you need anything what are you going to (laughs) give (laughs) them